Hi there, I'm AR, and this is the sixth log and the first rant on The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Welcome to the lore research. Wait, did I say my name? Hi there, I, I did say my name. I'm AR, and this is the sixth log and the first rant on The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Welcome to the Lore Research Lab. Today's thesis, storytelling through sound. How does Breath of the Wild narrate its tales through its music? It's time to deep dive, folks. And I said my name this time. That's important. That's really important. Look, I had to say it twice because then it would be nice. You get it? Okay, so first, some background. Why I'm ranting in the first place, basically. So I think it's important to mention sound directors, composers, um, all the, any, anyone in those kinds of roles because without them, uh, there would be no music. And I feel like that big point is a duh, but I often find that a lot of entertainment is subconsciously perceived in this very kind of narrow lens. By that, I mean that we internalize from certain kinds of media only a select amount of information. Think of any show, movie, etc. that you've seen. You know, we tend to know who voiced maybe a cartoon character, who acted as so-and-so, the list goes on. You tend to know the face of the production, of the product or whatever, that kind of idea, if you will. We seldom know who did, you know, things like lighting, the special effects team, uh, animators, and in the case of video games, it's a little different, but the idea is about the same. I don't think people tend to know about all the uh, creators that are backing big projects, big games like Breath of the Wild, for example. Um, I don't think it's a prerequisite, you know, I don't think everyone needs to be an uh, has to do encyclopedic research on who made a game, for example. But when I think, for example, for the games that I really enjoy, I think I'd want to know who made them. And, you know, I didn't know who made my favorite video games for the longest time, and most importantly, who scored them. I learned how to play tons of instruments over my very modest lifespan, and so far, I'm still alive. Um, my favorite of those certain instruments being the piano. Music is a very important part of my life and has helped me in all of my experiences, but we're not here to talk about me. We are here to talk about Breath of the Wild music. So it's enough about me. Let's get back to the topic at hand. My love for music inspired this rant because dare I say, the music for Breath of the Wild is breathtaking. It really, it really, it really is. I think my birds agree. Um, that is a subjective bias statement. I recognize that. So I'm very open to the idea of maybe someone finding it underwhelming or not even really knowing the music of this game, even if you've played it and you're like, uh, maybe I've heard that somewhere before, but you don't know the title of it. That's okay too, because what I just said was very subjective. But all that also being said, the music of this game is awesome. Okay, it's awesome. Hajime Wakai, who's the lead sound director for the game, uh, mentions in the behind the scenes video posted officially by Nintendo, I think, I don't know, was it 2018 or something? Um, that the sounds, the music was constructed in such a way that the game would feel open. Um, he wanted the music to come across authentically to the player and as noted, certain musical cues indicating slight changes require careful observation in order to be noticed. Cause there's daytime music, 
there's nighttime music, um, those ki that kind of idea. Uh, it, it was a really interesting thing. They even had to do, um, they had to simulate the sound of footsteps because Link actually makes sounds when he moves on different surfaces, a grass, maybe climbing up a precipice. So they took even the tiniest of details into consideration. You could say that, <laughs> uh, I have, I modestly say this about myself, you could say that I observed, you know, those musical cues very carefully. That's why I'm here ranting. Um, I will link this particular video in the description for reference. I rewatched it for this rant um, cause I don't, I don't know, I'm the kind of person that prepares for rants. Um, and I just think it's so cool to see how everything worked in the studios, all the technical aspects of things, how certain character sounds were simulated, but the focus today is the music, so that's what I'm gonna be ranting about very shortly. You've got your background now. Strap in, folks. It's gonna be a fun time. Alright, so there aren't any key terms to keep in mind for this episode, so I'm just gonna go right into it. So there are some specific tracks from the game that I'll, I will be referencing, so I will link a very helpful playlist that compiles the, the OSTs or the soundtrack for the game in the description. Hopefully it makes a little bit more sense. Now I understand that I'm going to be, because I... I don't- I've, I've listed a couple tracks I want to talk about, but I don't know that I'm gonna limit myself to this short list that I made. So in the case that I end up talking about stuff that I didn't list, um, I'm not gonna tell you all of the names. It probably wouldn't even make sense and I'd spend way too much time trying to tell you the titles. So um, I believe that if you look up like the Breath of the Wild soundtrack listing or something, you'll find some source online. The internet is- it's it's got it's got tons of stuff out there you should be able to find something but there should be an ost listing of some kind and if you i don't know look at that and then maybe try and correspond it to the the playlist i'll be linking then maybe you could listen to the tracks that i mentioned on your own time because i definitely recommend that i don't think my uh <laughs> um personal opinions and my very very biased a viewpoint on these tracks is gonna be enough to, um, I guess, flesh out how how cool the music is, the way it was developed and composed. Um, I'm gonna have to reiterate this repeatedly every time I talk about a track. You're gonna get a much better sense of what I'm describing by listening to it. I'm gonna try my best and still make this as engaging as possible because this is gonna be a fun time. I don't really have any notes from this point onwards, so I'm just gonna go off. Yeah, okay, I'm starting now. So first we got the main theme. So you begin the game in this location called the Shrine of Resurrection, which I mentioned before. It's where Link wakes up from his very, 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 very long nap. I think it was really, it, it was needed though, I mean, he kind of died, so the it's okay, I'll, I'll let- he can have that really long nap, that's fine. But when you exit out of it, because the in- the interior of the Shrine of Resurrection is like a tutorial phase on the controls, and then there's another kind of separate tutorial phase on other different things, tools, um, tech to use 
So this is just using the controls. Once you exit the Shrine of Resurrection, that's when you get the music for the main theme of this game. The main theme of this game, if I had to describe it in one word, is... Mm, I'd say grand. Grand in the sense that it's it feels as open as, you know, let's say Hajime Wakai stated in his behind-the-scenes um, commentary where he said that he wanted the sound of the game to feel very open, and it's... Yeah, I think, yeah, my birds agree on that too, I think. Um, so... It, it was meant to, the, everything about the game was meant to sound open, not just music itself, it's the little tiny details and the composition, all that kind of cool stuff. The main theme, it has like a little bit of a build-up in the beginning and starts in a very high key, so it, there's, it, there's almost a sense of anticipation to it, and uh, then suddenly there's a really quick resolution and then it's a quiet kind of piano melody until more of the instruments kick in and it builds up a little bit more. Now, I don't actually remember exactly how much of the main theme plays out in the game itself, but it's very orchestral. It's very momentous. It feels like there's a lot attached to it if you listen to the whole thing. This goes for the in-game version and there's a live version for this too. Um, the live version is is interesting in a lot of other different ways because some of the sounds that they had to substitute because there's vi the video game aspect of it and then if you have a live orchestra the sounds don't always correspond over that, that would make sense so listening to both versions is definitely worth your time I do think that it, that is something you should you should do so that's the main theme and I have to mention the main theme because. I mentioned before in my outro in my previous episode that some of the previous games, notably, like just off the top of my head, Ocarina of Time, um, for example, when you are in a certain location and you hear the music playing, you know that is the music attached to that location and that location only. So of course in this game, I mean I've also mentioned it, uh, I, I don't know how many times at this point, I've lost track. I mentioned that in this game because the sound is meant to be more open, it's meant to be a bit more free, and certain uh, musical segments, compositions aren't attached strictly to certain locations. Yes, there's a couple that have designations, but not most of them are not like that. And it's to give off the, the, the idea that this is an open wilderness kind of expanse that's yours to traverse, to adventure through, to... I don't know, make sense of those kinds of things. So, because the game has that kind of foundational element to its musical composition, I think uh, what's kind of spurred this rant as well was that I really like some of the individualized tracks, some of the ones that are associated with very specific uh, either characters or I don't know, certain locations, maybe it only happens in like one cutscene, that kind of thing. And I, let's just to go back to the integration of the main theme, the main theme doesn't really escape just being a main theme. We hear it in other places and I am going to touch on that. So, all right, time to get into the next track. So this is gonna be a couple tracks at once that I'm gonna be describing. So the Divine Beasts, who I had mentioned before, um, they, are, the Divine Beasts have their own musical tracks associated with them. So there's a couple. So there's one where there's a cutscene that as soon as you step into the 
area that's associated with that divine beast. As soon as you step into the area, there's a, a, a cutscene that happens, and in that cutscene, you get a shot of... It, it's, it's usually supposed to display the elements of chaos that this divine beast is exacting on the Hyruleans living near it, so it's just, it's like... Um, it's like you're meeting meeting the divine beast for the first time, except that they're just kind of terrorizing everyone. It's not a great time. So there's that. Then there's um, the music that plays when you are battling the divine beast. So you have your intro kind of cutscene music, then you have the battle segment. So I touched on this um, very briefly in, I think, episode four or something. So for each divine beast, before you can enter the dungeon, because each divine beast is actually a dungeon, and then once you complete the dungeon, then you can have that battle with the blight. Um, before that, there's a segment where in some way or another, you have to shoot down a lot of the corrupted cylinders positioned on you know, the corresponding divine beasts and things like that. So when you do when when you do that, it's different for every divine beast because of course the physiology is different. They're all based off of they're based off of four different animals, so the way you have to do it, it does differ. But the the objective remains the same. So um, once you're doing that segment, there's a certain kind of track that plays then. Then finally, there's a I believe it's it's four parts or five parts um, of a greater track in which um, when you're inside the dungeon, one of the objectives is that you have to activate a certain number of terminals and uh, in order to get, you know, whatever blight is hiding in the, in the divine beast, you got to get that blight out and fight him and defeat him and then everyone's happy. So up until that point, you got to find all these terminals, do some puzzles in, in the greater dungeon, it's all very complicated, and but still fun for me. I quite enjoyed those dungeons, actually. The music that plays in that, it kind of it it comes through um, the terminals. So the music that plays when you first enter, I believe, is the same music you hear in that cutscene I told you about. Then um, after you get a terminal, then you hear the dungeon music to st like start playing. By the time you get the second terminal, there's additional instruments added in. Then by the third, there's a couple other. Then by the fourth, there's a lot more going on. And then I believe it's the before the final one or whatever. I, I, I don't know why I can't remember how many terminals there are. Maybe I should have looked that up in advance. Anyways, um, before you get to the final terminal, whatever number that is, the music is tends to be a lot quicker. It's a bit more hurried and uh, that kind of... That kind of thing. So this is something I'm gonna. The Divine Beast music, uh, in terms of the intro music that's played in that cutscene, and in terms of the dungeon music, it's definitely very electronic, and there's a lot of different layered instruments. Uh, like a lot of the sounds are layered, so it's a little bit harder to describe. But the ones that play during the battle sequence, where before you you gotta enter it and you gotta shoot down whatever the cylinders that are corrupted shoot those down to basically calm down the beast so they stop rampaging. That segment, the music is very interesting. So the one when you face Varuta, it kind of sounds a bit like the James Bond melody to me for some reason. Kind of, sort of, but I like this one in a different way. Maybe possibly more 
because I love the music from this game. Um, and uh, the way that it plays out is there's a lot of, uh, is it mostly string? There's woodwind, which is interesting, but it's very hurried and kind of rushed and it definitely matches the pace at which you're doing things. Then Varudania, which is the one that's positioned in the Elden region, it has a salamander figure and its element is fire. The music that plays there, it has a slightly playful element to it, and I'll touch on this in a bit, because the race that lives closest to Death Mountain, where Varudania's made its home, just circling around and making the volcano, like the active volcano, uh, spew out more magma kind of thing. Um, because it, of that, it's become very hard to navigate that terrain, even for the Gorons, who are the race that live there, and they're, uh, they're adapted to that terrain. Even then, it's hard for them to kind of live with Varudania doing its business. The music that plays during um, Varudania segments interesting because the Goron City music is very playful. So there's a bit of a playful element to it, in a sense. But it's also, it actually evokes this kind of, this, the sound of heat. I know that doesn't make sense, but it kind of will. Um, because when you're playing through it, you're going, you're, you're kind of circling up the volcano basically to try and get closer to the thing as you're shooting it, or shooting cannons or something at it. Not important. Anyways, the way that the music happens is it, it kind of, you can almost hear the, the embers in the music kind of thing. Anyways. That was a really bad description. It's better if you just listen to it. I, it's actually, it's kind of fun, but also a bit foreboding. It's a mix of a lot of different things. Then Vob Meadow, which is the one located in um, the Hebra region, or, uh, and that's where that's where the Rito, the Rito people, the flying folk, that's where they live. Um, so it's a little bit colder. Um, they're bird people. So Vob Meadow is a bird. It's based off of a bird. And the music that plays during its battle sequence is very, it's all, it's mostly strings. It's mostly strings. And I believe I played it for my cousin one time and um, uh, they, they, have a, they have a background in, in uh, ballet and they told me, um, or should I say theater, they have a, they have a background in, in performance. And when I played it for them and they told me, uh, what that reminded of what what that reminded them of as someone who doesn't really know the game or the music it said they said i believe it sounded like it's something you could hear in in ballet or something like that that kind of performance because it's very it's very string heavy it's very orchestral it's very grand it's kind of in the similar vein of the main theme there's a lot more instruments in the main theme this one's just very string heavy like i said it's very it's very cool then um uh, there's Vanaboris, 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 Vanaboris. Okay, so I cannot reiterate how just just how much I despise lightning, but okay, the battle music for Vanaboris, I love it so much. I vibe so hard with it. When I'm listening to this soundtrack and I'm like, I don't know, writing some papers or doing some readings and I put it on shuffle, I hear this thing come on, this this track. Oh, the hype, the hype is so strong, guys. I, I, I can't express it anymore because unlike the, 
other it's it's similar to Varuta in that it's kind of fast. Oh right, I should mention that Vanaboris is the camel-based one. It's in the desert region, so it's really hot and it, it there's yeah, so that's I guess all you need to know. Um and oh god, it's it's fast and the way that it happens is that you gotta shoot at its feet, because that's where the I guess the corrupted areas are. And you're just kinda getting dragged along the sand and it's it's nuts because it's trying to shoot lightning at you and it's actually really hard to aim because these creatures called sand seals are kind of taking you around because they move real fast. They're also really cute. Sand seals are really cute. Just look them up from Breath of the Wild. They're so sand seals. Um, Von Boris oh, is just such a memorable battle sequence, that, that intro music, because of how fast it is um, the, and how the, the melody just picks right up. And um, I can't really describe all the instruments off the top of my head, mostly because I'm bad at describing things. Why am I doing a podcast? I don't know. Um, but it's 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 hard to describe. I pr- it's my favorite among the four. I love all four of the intro, like the battle sequences. But this one, it's it's very special. So you definitely should listen to it. So I'm gonna jump around a little bit back to the intro music I talked I talked about earlier that appeared in the cutscenes. So. This is something, and this is thanks to the comments section, I believe, on a bunch of the, on the corresponding Divine Beast intro music OSTs in the, yeah, so the comment section, we have, we have that, those people to thank, because I didn't know this until I looked it up and listened to it for myself, but in those intro, uh, music, in that intro music that plays during the cutscenes, you can actually hear the Morse code beeping sounds for SOS and then when I read that I'm like no way so then I looked up I looked up the appropriate stuff listened to it and then I listened very carefully it took a couple listens because it works better with headphones and you got to be in a quiet space I listened to it very carefully and yeah it was really freaky because and this is something the comment section also pointed out is that the it's it's reflective of the champions who died fighting within those divine beasts that are now corrupted. It's like a call for help. And whether or not that's from the champions and that it's even crazier to say that it's also from the divine beasts. So that blows my mind because then that also could mean that the divine beasts are their own because they're I, I wouldn't say they're as autonomous. They're sorry, no, that's completely wrong. They're definitely autonomous, like a lot of the other Sheikah technology that was constructed in order to seal away Calamity Ganon. Um, so, because of the rampaging and stuff. Oh my God, how could I say they're not autonomous? Oh, it goes to show you how many working brain cells I have. Um, but that that's really crazy to me because then the champions, whoever, uh, the divine beast, it's like, it's calling out for help, but that's done through sound, it's done through music. That just blows my mind. So now every time I hear it, I can't unhear it when I hear that that music. Um, it's so foreboding for each of the divine beasts. You feel really melancholic listening, listening to it because you know that basically Link's friends, the champions, they died fighting inside of them, and you see them now rampaging, kind of terrorizing everyone, when they're supposed to be, um, they're supposed to be positive, uh, symbols, they're supposed to be there for, for a good purpose, not to be corrupted in the way that they are. It makes you hate Ganon even more than you already did. Maybe that's just me. 
anyways, uh, going forward. So, um, yeah, so I don't want to forget, so I'm mostly saying this for myself. I will touch on the main theme. The main theme doesn't really appear in these themes because these, these, the music I just discussed is the more individualized, um, but, uh, we'll, we'll get to it. Okay, so, um, I'm gonna talk about Cass now, so I don't actually know that I'll be able to explore him as much as I wanted to either, but we're definitely- I'm definitely gonna have more room to talk about him than I did in the previous episode. So Cass, like I said, he's a traveling bard, he's participating in this oral tradition by transmitting the song, um, the ancient song verses of the myth of 10,000 years ago, so he's an additional storytelling element without you even realizing it. And then, there's a couple other kind of functions he has. So, I didn't mention this- I didn't mention this before, but there- for the shrines that you have to go and, uh, uh complete to get the shrine orbs and things like that, some of those shrines- because there's 120, right? There's a lot. Some of those shrines are actually shrine quests, so they take additional steps in advance to activate or complete. Usually, the shrine quests, because they have that pr the preliminary stages before you can even get into the shrine, usually you get inside the shrine and you don't have to do a, a puzzle. The treasure chest is just sitting there waiting for you and then you can get your spirit orb and it's pretty it's pretty straightforward, um, your shrine orb. So Cass, he's responsible for guiding the players to certain shrine quests. So it's like if you listen to whatever song he sings for you, and you look at the clues and the wording and the, and the, ver and the verses, then you'll get an idea of uh, what to what what the clue is for the sh sh shrine quest. For example, there's one where he's kind of in like this hill area, and there's like a forest area, and there's lots and lots of deer around, um, and you have to get a mountain buck, like the, the male male ones. You got to get uh, um, one of those guys, you can't, you have to get on its back and take it to the pedestal that usually signifies where, like, a shrine location. So he'll give you the clue that it's like, oh, it has to, the, the song or something, there's bones, some things in the lyrics that are basically referring to antlers. So that's your clue to be like, oh, so I need to get on a, a buck, I need to get, I need to find myself a buck and then take it to the pedestal and then the shrine will activate, stuff like that. Oh wow, okay, never mind. This arrived a lot sooner than I thought. Okay, so Cass's theme, a lot of his song verses, the music reflects other music. And it's the more, um, I would say, what's the best way to describe it? There's the main theme, and then there's a couple other themes that are included in there that are among the more overarching musical compositions. And by that, I mean compositions that are also kind of homages, an ode, if you will, an ode to previous musical compositions of the franchise. So to, we'll, we'll touch, I'll touch on Cass in a little bit as I explain this very crucial trio of tracks. So we got Hyrule Castle, 
We have the riding theme, and what I mean by that is when you're on horseback, like when you're on 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 a horse on a horse's back. Why can't I English today? Um, when you're on a horse's back, and then Dark Beast Ganon battle. So I've been repeatedly referring to Phase Two of facing Ganon as fighting a giant demonic pig, and that's what this is. But I'm going to refer to this that that. Musical theme. I'm going to refer to it by its actual title. He's called Dark Beast Ganon in that form. So, I, I guess I'll be nice to him this one time. So those three themes. So the riding theme has more to do with Dark Beast, the Dark Dark Beast, the the battle against Dark Beast Ganon. So I, I'll start with Hyrule Castle. I'm so bad at organizing things. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um. So, uh, here we go. Hyrule Castle. So there's two different versions of it because whether you're outside in in the exterior, like let's say you're in a courtyard area or you're near a turret or something like that, or you're outside the door to the inner sanctum, that kind of thing, um, there's a certain version of Hyrule Castle's music that plays. If you are indoors, so uh, in the exterior, so as dilapidated and as kind of uh, decrepit as this building is, you can still go inside. You can still go inside the castle and navigate through those spaces. There's a certain version of Hyrule Castle's theme that plays in there. So the outside theme, it again, it feels a bit more orchestral. There's, um, it sounds like a march. It sounds like, like, like there are people marching, so footsteps, things like that. There's thumping you hear at the beginning before the music starts to pick up. Um, and there's kind of tiny little bits of sound that imitate the lasers that guardians make when they're shooting their lasers at you and you really hate that sound. Um, but you can hear a bit of the electronic kind of whirring and things like that along with the actual instrumentation. So this Hyrule Castle is so cool because it is basically a remix of the main theme of the Legend of Zelda franchise. So in every version of a Legend of Zelda game, there is some, uh, some, some kind that has the specific scale of like da 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 Okay, I'm not gonna do it anymore because I'm, I'm bad at this. Um, but if you listen to that, that a version of that is played, but it's in like a minor scale. So Hyrule Castle is one of, I don't know, it makes me feel very melancholic because I listen to that music, I'm reminded of something as grand as the franchises itself because it's definitely referencing that. But it's it's like a, I, I what's, you're in the wreckage of a place that used to have so much life because there's, it's just, everything's destroyed, there's guardians everywhere, everything's trying to kill you, there's malice, also malice, tons and tons of malice, so it feels poisoned, it feels like, like the castle itself is sick, and that's almost reflected in the outdoor version of Hyrule Castle's theme, in the music. Um, you get this sense of something has been lost because the the theme more more or less plays out in the minor scale. It doesn't ever really sound positive. It sounds like this is the new kind of really cynical, terrible reality of the castle. But you hear those remnants of the original theme very strongly in certain um, measures of the track. I thought that was a very interesting touch. 
And I, I believe it was also mentioned in the behind the scenes video uh, that 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 was also intentional. Like that was a choice that the sound directors made, which is that they came up with some very unique compositions, kinds that you they you didn't you don't hear elsewhere in the franchise. But then they also integrate previous sounds. And I'm like, okay, knowing that's an intention, that also makes this so much cooler. So the um, that's the exterior. The interior, it's like it's like if you muted the outdoor it's like ooh, oh yeah that's a good way to describe it so if you were listening to something outdoors and imagine you go inside and you shut the door it sounds like that it sounds more muffled the electronic sounds are a bit stronger but you still hear the remnants of 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 the main franchise like the franchise's main melody you still hear that tune play out um but because you're mostly underground, you're indoors, that kind of thing, it's it's muted. And I believe there's one room called the Observation Room. And I believe you can look up Hyrule Castle, like Breath of the Wild Hyrule Castle, you can look up um, some of the places. There's an observatory room. And what's really cool about that is it's indoors, but then there's like a porch, uh, like there's a couple archways where you can basically step out onto this balcony. If you go out, into the balcony and then come right back in the music switches back and forth i think it's just so cool so i think one time i was i just decided to like run around in like a circle just to keep hearing the music switch back and forth because it, it's it's like programmed to take that into consideration i'm like oh my god these sound directors they're 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 actual geniuses why why do i enjoy that so much i don't know um because that that's also another element that the, a lot of the music has overall. I mentioned before with the Divine Beast, for example, which the music's a lot more individualized and things like that. Um, but um, this, the most of the tracks are kind of like this. It, there's like two different versions of the same one, and like I said, there's like a night cycle and a day cycle, and the music changes depending on which one. And at the right time of day, like, i.e. sunset in the game, you can slowly hear the transition being made. So cool. So, um, I guess I'll tie this all up, because there's the main theme, there's the Divine Beast's various sounds, there's the intro, um, the cutscene music, uh, then there's the battling the, the Divine Beast, and then there's the interior, so the dungeon aspect of the Divine Beast, they all have their own version of those sounds, that kind of thing. I've talked about Cass a little bit and how a lot of his music is actually reflected in the main theme, um, kind of Legend of Zelda as a whole too. Hyrule Castle I've talked about now with the interior and exterior. So now I'm going to talk about Dark Beast Ganon, but just more broadly, Ganon. So when it comes to Ganon's theme in the franchise as a whole. I would say Ocarina of Time just because I actually replayed the game and I beat it last night, so it's pretty fresh in my mind. The music that plays when you face him in that first phase, it's there's organs, there's uh, it's again very orchestral. Um, I don't know why I can't find any other words other than orchestral to describe it. Um, but it also sounds like a bit of a chorus is playing, like it, like you can hear like a chorus almost singing or humming in the background of it as you're playing lightning magic tennis with him. And uh, yeah, it feels very momentous, very grand, and 
you know, I remember playing the game for the first time and I, I felt the gravity of the battle. It felt like, oh my god, everything I played up until now was totally building up to this. It's everything I expected and more. It's a very, very, I, I really like it as a, for villain music, it's really cool. But the key, key thing to note is the organ. The organ is not just something that he was like playing, because he actually plays it in this short cutscene that appears before you start playing lightning magic tennis with him. That organ, and this is a detail that I only observed after playing it a bunch of times, um, was that, uh, let's see. So when you enter the castle, like Ganon's version of Hyrule Castle, basically, in Ocarina of Time. You hear this organ tune, this melody kind of play. It's a very simple kind of tune, but you hear it playing throughout. And then once you beat through certain dungeon segments, you go up this winding staircase that eventually gets you to the room where Ganon is. And then you see him playing an organ. So, and in what looks like a hall, like a, like a, yeah, like a big hall. So then it occurred to me that, oh, so he's actually playing his music very loudly once up until you get into the room. So he himself is, is playing the organ. And the reason I have to mention that is because then that reflects that the organ is a very close instrument associated with Ganon himself. So it's not just his music, it's, it's Ganon as a character, as, a, as an entity in this video game. Finally, I can get to Dark Beast Ganon, and this is where I can tie in Cass, the main theme, all, all that kind of stuff, and basically summarizes the very cool aspects of music in this game. So, Dark Beast Ganon, it starts off with like a kind of thumping, just, it's like, it's like someone is just hitting a bunch of piano keys in like the, I don't know, the first two uh, octaves of, of a you know, 88 key piano or something. Why is that so specific? I don't know. So you hear that, and then you hear the riding theme that you normally hear um, when you're on, when you're mounted on a horse. You hear that playing because that has its own version, but it's it's in a minor key. So then I had mentioned, I think in my previous episode, that you are in an open field when you are facing Dark Beast Ganon. In, that, in the second phase of your final battle against Ganon, you are in an open field, but you are also on your horse. Whatever horse you brought in, or I guess decide to call on last use, I don't remember exactly how that was formulated in the game, but basically you're on, you're also on horseback while you're facing this gigantic demon pig, and Zelda's creating targets for you and all that stuff. So you're, it's, uh, yeah, I believe, um, my mind opened when I saw this and the, the comment sections on these on these on these OSTs. They're they're really they know what's up. The people there they know what's up. I believe someone said that it's kind of funny because it sounds like the game is is still recognizing that you're on a horse um, while while you're facing Ganon. Because even though it's Ganon's theme, the first little intro bit it's it's like a remix minor version of the riding theme, and I'm like that's actually really interesting. After that little recognition of the writing theme has been played out, then you hear his actual theme. And it's, it's, if you pay close enough attention, you will then realize, oh, this is the main theme of the game, except there's more instruments added in. There's a lot more discordant piano scales and sounds being played in the, like, as backing, like, backing instruments. Um, 
it's layered with so much more. But then there's elements of Ganon's theme in there. Um, the certain buildup of I, I'm not gonna make I'm not gonna try and sound it out again. I'm I'm not good at that. I won't do it again. Um, but there's a certain crescendo, and this crescendo is associated with the same kind of crescendo you hear for Ganon's organ playing in Ocarina of Time. Same kind of scale. I believe some of the notes are similar. I don't have perfect pitch. Don't quote me on that, but it sounds about the same. Then suddenly at the at the buildup, it it it, it, it peaks. And then it, it, the scale goes down and then you hear an organ sound that's just like da da da, just kind of that sound and it's like a, it's very heavy organ and then the piano scales like picks up again and then it goes back to the main theme. So that, it, it, the main, the, the theme goes around a second time when the organ plays in the, after that, after those measures, then it changes keys again. So it keeps building up, it keeps building up, and that reflects the changes in the music that, that happens when you get closer to defeating um, Dark Beast Ganon. And when you finally, you know, nail the guy in, in his gigantic eye that's positioned in his forehead, when you finally nail that demon pig, um, the music abruptly ends. And because this is like an OST, because it's a condensed version of what happens in the game. When you're playing the game, you know, it's not like the music only plays for a limited amount of time. It plays for as long as you are battling um, for, and in this case with Dark Beast Ganon, this is, it plays out and only picks up once you get closer to beating him. But I have to reiterate, the main theme is more or less just remixed to integrate sounds of organs, things that remind you of Ganon while still maintaining the main theme of the game. It's like, this is, this is the game. This is, this is, this is everything. This is right here. It's all been packaged into this one battle in this field. And he's a giant demonic pig, but it's all, it's all happening now. It's all coming together. So I believe lots of people were quite disappointed about the way that the ending, the, the way the battling sequence of the game ends. I mean, I don't, I don't need to go into much detail about it. Personally, I, I'd heard about that beforehand, and when, before the very first time I beat the game, and I was like, oh, am I going to be disappointed when I finally beat this game after going through all this trouble and doing all, like, putting so much time into it? I personally didn't feel anything taken away from the experience because of my love for this music and because I realized, oh my god, this is the main theme, this is Ganon's theme, it's all packaged into one, it's like, the, ga the game is being self-reflective on its on itself through its music it's so cool cast comes back guys cast is back okay i don't i don't i did not forget about cast here's the thing with cast so his song ancient song verses include elements from the main theme they include elements that reflect on dark beast ganon like the battle with dark beast ganon or basically calamity ganon and this is another thing I forgot to mention, but um, I mentioned King Rome and Impa uh, in my previous episode. There is music that plays when Impa is telling you and informing you about um, the past and what's happened, and as well uh, with the ancient folklore, so when she's retelling the myth remember the myth of 10,000 years ago as well. So remember in my previous episode, I had mentioned 
that... Oh, words are failing me. Ah, no, why is this, why is this happening? Right, okay. When I had mentioned in that summary description of the myth of 10,000 years ago that the Creating a Champion guidebook states, um, there's the ancient song verse that Cass transmits, then there's the tapestry, and um, when she's describing, the tapestry kind of figures out while she's making that description. There's a certain music that plays in 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 that cut in that sequence a lot of the ancient song verses include similar musical segments and measures like uh i'm not sounding out the melody i'm not gonna do that so (laughs) how many times have i said that now so um you hear similarities between the ancient folklore music um you hear it in cass's accordion playing version of it and it all goes back to the main theme because the main theme of the game is almost telling the story. So the ancient folklore, it has different musical elements, things that there's music that plays when you enter the shrines. You hear elements of that in the ancient folklore. You hear the elements of the main theme. You get elements of even the battle against Calamity Ganon. You get all kinds of different storytelling elements. And then finally, the cherry on top, like, folks, just, this is, it's so cool. This might just be me. It's so cool because the way that the ancient folklore theme ends, it has, it's the main theme of the franchise. It also sounds out in the, in the same way that Hyrule Castle figures it in, the music for Hyrule Castle. It's like, uh, everything's a callback to everything, but in, in the best way possible. If you hear the, um, music of the ancient, uh, like the, the OST for the ancient folklore track, that track, it's, it's the story of the game, it's the story of your experience playing the game, because you've already heard the main theme before you heard this one, and then it, it, it foreshadows the, the, the really, I, I don't know how to describe it, it's like the really, big battle you have with Calamity Ganon in the end, it reflects all those key storytelling elements, key key elements of the the hero's kind of, or no, yeah, key elements of the, the 10,000 years ago myth, it, the elements of success from that, and then also the elements of failure that are reflected in the current narrative. It's like you hear everything coming together at once, and I know that the divine beasts don't, I guess, don't figure too much into this really complicated musical composition mapping per se but you're at least reminded of all of that at once while you're hearing that come together and because when you hear that music play in the game it happens fairly early on so it precedes a lot of the other music that players will listen to but if you've played the game more than once or like me have spent an inordinate amount of time just listening to the music then listening to the ancient folklore track on its own um while knowing all the other different tracks it feels like every everything's come together it it really does so to conclude um one i'm a pathological liar i think i said something along the lines of i don't think this is going to be too long kind of thing um insert flashback sequence here 
Um, so I, I guess I'm just I'm just kind of a liar. I'm sorry to disappoint this. The, I have many feelings about the music from this game, in in a very biased way. I'm totally I'm very aware of that 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 emotion and this perspective that I'm presenting to you. But it comes from my second point, which is that I think the music from this game is so well composed and. I know, I guess, I didn't really explicitly state this in the previous segment. The storytelling really comes out in the music. And I didn't really touch on this per se, but because I told you that for every divine beast, there's a champion to pilot it. Uh, you know, direct the beast to shoot those lasers. You know, do the good work. The champions themselves have their own individual themes. Uh, things like that, um, but the Divine Beast music, it feels like it's very reflective on its previous pilots. It feels like a time forgotten, it feels like you're, yeah, you're experiencing both a present and a past at once kind of idea, and I am saying that from a place of knowledge and really enjoying the storytelling elements of this game. But I figured out here that I guess with enough of an, enough of an investigation that uh, the music of this game is it's video game music but it's really really it's been thought out it's been very well directed in my opinion and whether the tracks are individualized or um, quite interwoven in nature it's, it's just so well presented and I gotta say, every time I've kind of made notes for this uh, for this podcast, whenever I do anything, I actually listen to this music to help me focus. And I, as you know, certain ones I get super, 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 super hyped. Um, I I I know this was a bit untraditional and more kind of just spitballing, saying whatever's on my mind. This. This rant uh, episode is definitely more of an experiment because I am definitely the kind of person that just when I talk, it's from the stream of conscience. So uh, if if any of this made sense, I really applaud you for being able to use your sense of hearing very well because I can barely remember anything that I've said or ranted about. And I'm not even very patient with myself. I don't know how this ended up being this long. Um, I'm sorry part question mark question mark question mark um so yeah i don't i get i don't have a very coherent well thought out um concluding statement to make only that i think it's really cool that video game music is able to offer us something of this uh this level this elevation this there's just so much momentum and build-up attached with all of, all of the musical tracks that I've heard in this game. There's a lot that I didn't talk about, actually. I was only able to talk about a very select few because I can't shut up about the ones that I really like. There's other ones I, I really, really like, and I... I, I don't know, I'm... I'm this, you, this, you, can, you can tell this is super experimental, but I am all about honesty, guys. Honesty. I present honesty so just give the music a listen on your own time it's at it's up to you your decision 
Um, every everyone listening has agency. Uh, they can they have their own free will. I think you've heard me rant. You've heard me say this. The music from this game is awesome multiple times. Um, so I guess I'll leave it up to you guys now to decide whether or not that this game is worthy. Sorry, the music from this game is worthy of such investigation, or that you know maybe it is that cool. Maybe it is that awesome. Music, as I have mentioned before, is a subjective experience. It's artistic. It's so many things at once. It's for you to make out for yourself. And I think that's really fitting for the kind of game that this is. An open game, a free game, and that game is called The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. This is the Lore Research Lab's just really, really messy rant. I can't even call this findings. What are these findings? No, it's rants. It's a very messy rant on the storytelling through sound, how Breath of the Wild narrates its tales through music from The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Next episode, I'm going to be looking at this is a working title, but I'm gonna be looking at the missing info, how guidebooks can fill in the blanks. And the gist of my upcoming discussion is based off of the idea that video game guidebooks can be really cool resources and explain things that, uh, you know, were only briefly touched on in the games that they discuss, and uh, essentially they fill in the blanks, right? Since I've been referencing some of these uh, guidebooks so much, I think it's worth giving the guidebooks an episode of their own. I, I, I think I should do that before I t talk any further. The, the guidebooks, guidebooks have been really getting me through this in more ways than one, and it's lots of good fun. Um, considering other sources like, you know, like the behind the scenes video for videos, for example, because there's other ones besides the one that I'm going to link. Um, considering those kinds of resources too, the info creators can provide us with is both considerate of the audience and just such interesting content because it gives you just a peek inside the world of development and making these kinds of games and the amount of thought that was put into it. So there will be two topics in particular, two topics, I can't count, three topics in particular that I'll be looking at. These are certain episodes or events that are described in Breath of the Wild. So there's the split in the Sheikah, the Akala Citadel, and Fort Hateno. So I don't think I've mentioned, any, besides the Sheikah, I don't think I've mentioned any of these terms before. It will make more sense next episode. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Thanks for having patience, and I'll see you next time.